Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. We received the prophetic word for the year 2019. The year 2019 is a year of order. Can you say that? Hallelujah. And God said that by divine wisdom and creative power, we're going to bring order into every aspect of our lives. By divine wisdom, we're going to make the right choices in our finances. By divine wisdom, we're going to make the right choices in our relationship. Hallelujah. By creative power, every limitation, medical limitations, the plans and the stratagems of the enemy, we rise above them like the victors that we are. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. And so I don't want you to be carried away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't want you to be carried away. With mere activity, I want you to realize the spirituality of what we're here to do. Hallelujah. A good marriage is possible. A lady came to see my wife and I December last year. And she said, Pastor, you are the only one that is close to me that has a good marriage. He said, my brothers, my sisters, my dad, his wives. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they are not happy. And a lot of people secretly have given up the idea of a good marriage. Make no mistake, <laughs> it's not easy. Are you listening to me? It's not easy at all. You know, there are just a few perfect people like me and my wife. I know we never quarrel, we just have intense conversations. <laughs> intense. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. He's merciful. But a good marriage is possible. Can you say that a good marriage is possible? Hallelujah. And not just is a good marriage possible. Say, I will have a good marriage. Now, you, you might be in a difficult situation. Maybe you're even married and you and your wife or you and your husband are not together or you are not talking but don't forget this is the year of order and God said that not just by divine wisdom but by creative power we will bring order to every aspect of our lives so you are going to say that with conviction say I will have a good marriage in the name of Jesus hallelujah 
And that's why we're here. You see, marriage is a central theme in the Bible. At the beginning of the Bible, there is a marriage. The marriage between Adam and Eve. And we're going to talk about that more as we go on. At the end of the Bible, there is a marriage. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 19 verse 6. Revelation chapter 19 from verse 6. I'll read 6, 7, and 9. It says, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Say loud, Amen. Amen. Look at Revelation chapter 21 verse 2. Revelation 21 verse 2. This is not where we're going so I just want to be as fast as I can. It says, I saw the holy city. By the way, I'm reading NIV. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Praise the Lord. So, at the beginning of the Bible, we see a marriage. At the end of the Bible, we see a marriage. And in the middle, the Bible is replete with, with metaphors of marriage. God described Israel as an adulterous bride. He said they went a whoring with other gods. So he described his relationship with that nation as a marital relationship. Praise the Lord. Went as far as asking Hosea to marry a prostitute just to typify his relationship with Israel and the fact that as imperfect as Israel as a nation is, he will still keep coming after Israel. Praise the Lord. And then the church is also called a bride. And Jesus is called the bridegroom. Praise the Lord. So if the Bible talks about marriage so often, it means we must emphasize it too. It matters to God. It does. I want you to tell the person by your side as gently as you can. Say it matters to God. Hallelujah. God is not indifferent about it. It matters to God. Don't think that you can go on in malice and strife in your marriage and then you just go on in your relationship with God and he doesn't care. He does care. He cares a lot. Don't use worship songs to propagate beef. I am married to Jesus. You are sweeping. Satan, leave me. My husband is gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, um, <laughs> I have this brother. 
who was very stubborn. I, mean, I, w- I wanted to say is, but I mean, all things have passed away. So there was this time he had a beef with my dad and everybody knew. So then in morning devotions, my dad would say, everybody lead a song. So he got to his time and he said, he has done for me. <laughs> and you know, usually you say what my father cannot do, what my mother cannot do, but he stayed on what my father, you know, what my father can, you know. Next morning, lead a song. He has done, my father says, is that the only song you know? <laughs> you know, all the things that happen and you want to laugh, just go, <coughs> If you laugh, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> but don't use spirituality to propagate your beef. Don't do that. Because your marriage matters to God. And also, a good Bible student will know that marriage is a natural representation of our spiritual destiny. And I want you to listen very attentively to this. If you've been following this ministry, definitely you know it. Marriage is a natural representation of our spiritual destiny. Listen, do you realize that marriage is your destiny? I'm not talking about the earthly one. It's your destiny to be united with Christ as a bride to the bridegroom. And that's how powerful the theme of marriage is. It's a natural representation of your spiritual destiny. You know, Jesus said that in heaven we'll be as the angels, not given to marriage. So, I mean, it's very interesting. The moment Christ comes, your babe becomes your sister. Sister Laju. <laughs> Weird, right? But that's reality. Hallelujah. She has a bridegroom. And I do too. Now that's just a matter for nothing, nothing sexual, okay? But marriage on the earth is a natural representation of your spiritual destiny. You know, So much so that Paul could talk about both earthly marriage and spiritual marriage simultaneously. Because like I've told you before, God designed for earthly marriage to mirror the union between Christ and his church. Say that with me, God designed earthly marriage to mirror the union between Christ and his church. And so he would say, husband love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Because that's the central theme. That's become the standard. This earthly marriage is meant to mirror that spiritual destiny, that marriage between Christ and his church. And so you come to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. And Paul says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, 
and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now you're like, Paul, are you talking about earthly marriage or the union between Christ and the church? And then he says, both. One is meant to mirror the other. Hallelujah. They are so identical that you can talk about both of them in the same breath. But listen, how does this concern you? A lot of people are freaked about the temporary marriage. Freaked about that one. A lot of people, have you noticed a lot of youths, the first time they hear God, he's saying, this is your wife. A guy will come to a lady and say, God said, you're my wife. And then you ask him, have you ever heard God before? Before today, for any other leading? And then he says, no. So, well, how are you sure this time? Praise the Lord. Is your desire leading? She's fine. Be honest and there's nothing wrong. Hallelujah. Men of God in the Bible married, married, got married in very ordinary ways. We are more spiritual in this day. David was on his way from battle, you know, with his chariot, feeling happy and pumped. He saw a fine girl, said, enter my chariot. <laughs> you know, simple, straightforward. She was fine. End of story. And we are coming to that. Praise the Lord. But a lot of us have not realized that this earthly marriage, maximum 80 years or 90 years, and you're out of here. There is a real, eternal marriage, one that you must not miss. Learn about that. If you don't know about the real, actual, spiritual marriage, you're not going to function properly in the earthly one. Learn about that one first. If I'm meant to love my wife as Christ loved the church, well, it's wisdom for me to know about Christ's love for the church so that I can function, come on, are you with me? Function properly in that earthly context. If I'm meant to submit to my husband as unto the Lord, if I don't have what is called submission to the Lord, then how am I going to function? Praise the name of the Lord. So this is so important. We have to get our priorities right. You can go through this life without earthly marriage. Are you aware? But the marriage you cannot afford to avoid is a marriage between Christ and his church. Learn about it. And we're going to talk about it more next week. Praise the name of the Lord. But you see, you know, the, it's, it's a major mistake a lot of believers make. The two mistakes a lot of believers make concerning marriage. The first is they fail to realize that marriage is their spiritual destiny. And I'm talking about the union between Christ and his church. They ignore that one. They're after the earthly one. 
some people get so desperate. If you were half as desperate about your walk with God, oh, what a wonder you would be. Praise the Lord. Imagine yourself throwing advances at, making advances at spiritual growth. Imagine what your life would be if you were as interested, went out on dates to pray, to study, to fast. Don't ignore that. I'm, I, might be, I might sound like I'm joking, but I'm actually very serious. Don't ignore that. And then the second common mistake <laughs> that many believers make, which is what I want to dwell on today, is that they over-spiritualize the basic natural aspects of marriage. They over-spiritualize it. Hallelujah. They do. They do. Listen. Although marriage is divine, I'm talking about earthly marriage now. Although marriage is divine, marriage is not spiritual, okay? <laughs> it may be divine, meaning it's from God. God initiated it, God birthed it, and you know, and I told you why he did that to mirror the union between Christ and the church. But it's not spiritual. And this is what I mean. Men who don't believe in God still get married. And that tells you that marriage is not a revelation in Christ. Do you understand? You don't, you don't get born again and say, oh, there's a spiritual concept. It's called marriage. Is that how it works? It wasn't in your spiritual growth class that you discovered what is called marriage. So men who are unbelievers are permitted to get married. And not only do they get married, a lot of them have good marriages. Are you aware? Some of them even better than so-called Christians. Praise the Lord. You know, a lot of people stress marrying bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. And then, you know, I, I remember it was years ago, you know, a lot of people you know, growing up in, in Christ, a lot of people saw maybe people like Pastor Adiboya and his wife as the perfect standard for marriage. People even sang songs about it. Be my baby, 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 girl, we'll be like daddy and mom. You don't know it, Abby? If I sing, you know one designer, you know what I mean? <laughs> so people even sang about it. But, but then I realized, from their biography, they got married when neither of them were saved. In fact, the man was still patronizing herbalists at the time. So how did he manage to marry someone people think to be the right person? It's part of what we're about to talk about. Praise the name of Jesus. A lot of believers choose spouses as if they are starting ministry. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it church who has that his wife is looking for a husband? Say, oh, he's prayerful. That doesn't make makes him a good prayer partner, not a good husband. 
I know it's strange for a pastor to tell you this, but it's important. A lot of prayerful people will show you Pepe. <laughs> By the time they use the warfare zeal <laughs> against you. <laughs> you, you will be amazed. Hallelujah. So all believers have good marriages. You know, guess what? Marriage, let me even take it lower, is an animal activity. Yeah. You know, they might be a lot more polygamous. But, but, but you, see, you see the same traits. When they have children, they are as protective. They are better parents than many human beings. At least they feed. <laughs> they feed the children. A lot of parents don't feed their children. No, a, a man called me and he was bragging to me. He said, you know, God has been good to me. I just bought a house in Atlanta. That's my second house this year. You know, and his son had just complained to me two months before that the man won't pay his fees. True life story. I was just being respectful. The man was trying to impress me and I was disgusted to my bones. You have house in Atlanta. You bought another one in Ikeja. You were telling me the price. 80 million. Your son's fees. 500,000. A lot of people have problems though. (laughs) It's a spiritual problem. I don't know what else you call that one. Hallelujah. Look at something. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. Maybe you never really paid attention to it. Let me just draw your attention to it. Listen, I don't know if you've studied about doves, for instance. Most species of doves have one sexual partner throughout their life. Some of you have heard about that. One. One. And when that one dies, they stay celibate till they die. Do you understand? So when you're talking about... (laughs) So this is... This is something that God has set in motion for all of creation. All of creation. Many animals have decent parental behavior. Decent marriage behavior. Many. Glory to God. In Genesis 1.21, the Bible says, So God created great sea creatures and every living, living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. Everybody read the next line together, one to go. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. Listen, the only difference between what God told the man is that he says, And have dominion. But that blessing of fruitfulness, multiplication, animals have it too. So they are allowed to marry, quote and unquote. So, so 
Are you with me? They have that blessing too. They might not have the intelligence to process marriage as you do. But when a male lion sees a lioness that looks good, is healthy, knows what to do. Praise the name of Jesus. So a lot of believers have over-spiritualized the concept of marriage in such a way that they begin to have issues. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> you know, a research actually. You know, I read a book, um, 12 Rules to Life or something like that by Jordan Peterson. Good book. I think you should read it if you can. You know, and he gave this remarkable research about lobsters. Remarkable research about lobsters. And first of all, you know that lobsters live at the bottom of the sea, the ocean floor. The ocean floor. And they have needs, just like human beings. They have to hunt for food. They have to get shelter. You know, and the perfect shelter spot for them is maybe beneath a rock. They just dig a hole beneath a rock. And preferably, they can use a shell to cover, you know, so... Nice accommodation. Better than... Anyway, never mind. So, <laughs> you know, so they, they have that too. And they have security needs too. Like many animals that you know, they shed their shell once in a while. And what is left is just a very soft skin that makes them vulnerable. If, if a predator catches them, I mean, it's going to be serious. So they need a good accommodation a good place to hide during that period. It's an extended period. So, but the problem is food and the perfect housing spot is scarce. It's not only human beings that have accommodation issues. These guys have it too. So it's scarce. So what are they going to do? They have to compete for it. They have to fight for it. And he begins to tell the story, and, and it's so powerful and relatable, you know. So once in a while, lobsters encounter each other. They are fighting for the same house. And the first thing they do is they begin to bounce like boxers. You know, the way, <laughs> you know, have you seen those, have you been to Lagos? Oh, shoddy. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. They begin to do that. And they are moving their claws left and right, you know just to show off the size of their fist. You get what I mean? You know, so many times, the smaller lobster will see the size of the claws of the bigger one and give up. But where that one does not give up, maybe the size difference is not so much, the next thing they do is they release a liquid. And that liquid is, is that chemical has information about the size, the sex, you know, and a lot, how the health of the lobster that's another warning, like, I'm very healthy, you know, I weigh so, 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 just by that smell. You know, they have a lot of information about, God is powerful, isn't it? You know, but maybe they are still close to each other in health and all of that. The next thing they do, they start antenna demonstrations and all of that. But finally, they come at each other trying to grab a part of the opponent's body, you know, with the claws, and once one of them is successful, he does a backflip. Just catches the arm and does, you know, flip. You know, have you watched all those action movies? Jet lie. 
He's <laughs> lying. <laughs> Always lying. Just stay like this and fly. You know? Anyway, <laughs> so they just do a backflip. And so, I mean, that's very devastating. We have a lot to learn from lobsters. You see how many stages they go through before they actually fight. The first show, you see. Don't try me, you. Then they get to the chemical stage. Then they get to the antenna stage. They, they put antennas at each other. They put their claws down. They're not fighting. And they're just moving up and down. Like, you try me, you try me. I go wound you, I go wound you. They do that, you know, for a while. You know, before they actually fight. You know. Now, here is the thing. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to teach on this another day. Because it's so powerful. It's a rule of life too. When a dominant lobster, you know, that was maybe has won many battles before, when he loses, his psychology cannot take that new life of failure. So, its brain gets destroyed. And a newer, inferior brain is formed. A newer brain that is suited for that life of defeat. I mean, the, someone says, thank God we're not like that. Are you sure? Are you aware that every major defeat you encounter, if you are not careful, it affects your ability to dare for more? Listen, so many times in that period, the lobster is less likely to fight. Even when there's a good house, it won't fight. You know, so, I mean, it just goes down the hierarchy. And then the big ones, the dominant ones, maybe the new kid on the block, you know, gets all the babes, the best food, the best housing, you know, pretty much like human beings. Listen, there are 85 people in the world, the top 85 people, in the richest 85 people in the world. They have as much money as the bottom three billion. Should I start again? If all the the poorest people in the world, three billion of them, if you add their money together, the top eighty-five have as much money. Should I say it again? Okay, you get it. You know. So <laughs> now I'm just letting you know. There are normal, simple, biological principles in this life. You know, the man even had the audacity to call it the Matthew principle because he thinks it's biblical. He that has, more will be given. He that does not have, even that which he has will be what? You know, isn't it funny that rich people get richer and they get more benefits like tax cuts and all of that? Anyways... But, but how does this concern marriage? Very simple. First and foremost, a lot of people who have not conquered anything in life, they want to get married. And even lobsters know better. Female <laughs> lobsters will wait for you to fight, you know, and have a position in the society before they are going to come at you. So they have a greater sense of responsibility than many human beings. Now, like you really want to take care of 
a wife, you want to have children, you know, what have you handled in your life before? Have you managed the business before? Have you, have you kept your house clean? Have you kept yourself clean? You know, what around you gives a sense of responsibility? Praise the name of the Lord. I'm, I'm bringing this to a very low level so that you can understand that they are just basic things that even animals understand. When you hear a lady say, I can't marry a guy who maybe doesn't drive a car, you might consider it extreme. But if it was you, Uncle, praise the Lord. Guys, you don't want to talk now. Anyways. So they are just basic, natural aspects of life and relationship that a lot of, a lot of people ignore. Even at at the animal level, you see that the males are providers. The males are providers. Thank God for ladies who can help and support financially. But don't be lazy. I think it's a terrible thing as a guy not to have a drive. A guy without a drive? To do better in life? Without a sense of responsibility? You're comfortable waking up in the morning and doing nothing all day. If you are going out, it's to hang out. When your friends hear your knock at the door, they know it's their food you're after. Praise the Lord. You have to work on that. Before you go to church, next time I receive prophecy. You know, there's some dangerous prophecy. So, you know, when someone went to church, I was in that service years ago. And the man of God said, I think he said, in seven days, you will have your spouse or something like, something dangerous like that. You know, those dangerous prophecies. I think I've told you this story before. And so as I was going out with my family, someone just grabbed my sister from behind. I said, ah, you are my wife. She said, if I slap, I kind of wish she did. Slap prophecy out of your head. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, you have to learn to be a protector. Learn to be, you're going to have children. Learn to be a protector. Don't be a useless father. Your children will come home with things, you don't check their bag. You've never done homework with them. We're going to talk about this later this month. All right. And then, you, you know, growing up as a child, one day I looked under my dad's bed, I saw a letter. You know, and I said, ah, Daddy, what's this for? And he just looked. He didn't answer me. I looked at my mom. She didn't answer. I said, ah. It was much later, you know, growing up. I said, ah, it's going to, ah, just in case someone enters the room. Just say, oh, the money's under the bed. Take it. Then <laughs> <I> give you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember one night, about 1 a.m., I just looked out the window and I saw, not actually in our compound, but just right outside, the pole. And I understand that many of the, these Nepal poles actually cost a lot of money. So a lot of these people just caught it. Those of you at the gallery, how are you doing? Can you hear me? 
Awesome. You know, so he was climbing to cut it, but I didn't really know. It was just weird. He was close to the fence, so he could jump in. Man, I felt defenses. I, I was already scanning the room. All the potential weapons. <laughs> I have two daughters. Ah, we will do both. I will speak in tongues and... <laughs> if you enter my house, I will wound you and I won't feel bad. I won't feel like my salvation is... <laughs> Some of you are like, ah, no. The battle is the Lord. Okay? <laughs> in my house. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you, you have to think about, you know, when, when you're choosing a house with your spouse, she might be thinking about, ah, how close is the house to Domino's Pizza? How close is there? Is spa around and all those things? You have a different psychology. Where is the nearest police station? Do I know anybody there? Do you, is this environment safe? What is the security history of this place? You have to start thinking like that. Are the locks secure? Learn to be a protector. Learn to be a provider. Listen, I know the economy is harsh, but at least let everybody see real efforts. You know, growing up, things got really tough. And thank God, I, ah, my dad showed effort. When I'm, when I'm saying efforts, what didn't he do? He came to talk to the principal, wrote a letter. I can't pay their fees now, but in so, 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 give me this time. My dad, what didn't he sell? What didn't he do? Praise the Lord. Everybody in the house had clothes except him. My friends didn't know my family was going through a financial struggle. They didn't know because we still dressed good. We still looked good. We moved from, my dad used to travel out of the country to shop for us before. But after a while, you know, we just enter the market together and then you bend down. You know, say, do you like this one? Do you like this one? He will wash it, iron it with. You're not going to know, see you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The man made sure that we could stand tall, even amongst people with greater exposure. When his finances went down, a friend actually told us, he said, cut your coat according to your size, send him to public schools. My father said, no. Hallelujah. So you have to have that mentality. I'm saying this because it's easier to see better examples in the generation before. A lot of us today, <laughs> I mean, in our generation, you will see 30-year-old babies. Have you seen 30-year-old babies? They can't do anything in life. Anything. And the reason I'm saying this is, a lot of people don't realize that one thing can affect every aspect of your life. For instance, if you are lazy, it will affect your finances. It will affect your spirituality. The same reason you failed in school is the same reason you are not prayerful. Same reason. You're just lazy. You, you, don't, you lack the ability to, com- to be committed to anything, anything significant. You have to show effort as a man. 
Praise the Lord. And you might not have heard this from a pastor before. Maybe the reason why all the ladies are saying no, no, no. And then you say, all oh, these ladies, they... if you do better, just maybe change some things. You know, when you're brushing, don't just brush the teeth, brush the tongue. That's where the odor is from, the tongue. Someone's like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that's good. Write it down. You know, you know change some things. Just maybe you will stand a better chance. Hallelujah. Dress a little better. Use a colon if you can. If you have only one shirt, make sure it's clean. And then, I, I want to come to the woman. Praise the Lord. Now, the world has it to the extreme. We, we live in a culture that objectifies women and sees them as sex object and God forbid that but I think that a lot of religious people have also undermined the power of sex they've not been trained praise the Lord see how silent the room is now you spiritualize things too much when Adam saw Eve for the first time she was not praying. She was not confessing who she was in Christ. You know. He actually saw her. <laughs> I hope you are ready. I want to preach today. Okay. He saw her without clothes and went, Wow! Said, this is born of my <laughs> You see, many of you, the reason why the devil and his temptations are so strong in your life. It's because you chose a prayer partner, only a prayer partner. You didn't look where. People gave you the idea that, you know, it's not spiritual to... Listen, it's okay to have physical preferences. Are you okay? Don't be extreme about it. Don't be extreme about it. But if you have no-go areas, some people can't stand short people. Some can't stand tall people. Some can say, hey, God. <laughs> are you with me? Please, are you with me? Can I tell, let, let me tell you something simple about temptation. Sex is an appetite. And so is food. So is sleep. All right. And no matter how much of a foodie you are, if your stomach is full, you're not likely to eat anything you see out there. Am I telling the truth? One of the simple basic ways to uh, overcome temptation, I know you can, there's confession who you are in Christ. You say no to immorality and all of that. But the basic, simple, sensible way is marry someone that makes you happy. Hallelujah. And then as a lady, you have to understand you have a ministry. You see, sex is a ministry. Are you listening to me? When you fulfill that ministry well, you will help your husband fulfill his destiny. <laughs> Many times his destiny is in your hands. I'll, listen, laugh but hear what I'm saying. Oh. Do you know the Bible's remedy for sexual temptation? It says flee. Meaning, 
God knows that. <laughs> you know, our um, uh, <laughs> you know the karishikas out there. If they come at your husband, no matter how tongue speaking he is, the only thing he can do is to run because he's vulnerable. So you have a duty to protect him. Protect him well. And make sure, oh my God, especially if he's a man of God, help him. Are you listening to me? A lot of these people, they make a lot of efforts. I'm talking about carnal sinful people. They make a lot of efforts. They put they dress scantily, you know. Someone will wear handkerchief and go out. Have you seen me? Have you seen me before? Or you know pocket square. Someone will tie it around the wrist and go out. A lot is going on. And then the husband is on the road. He's, he will see something speaking tongues, Makasha. See another thing speaking tongues. Then he will now come home. You are tying scarf. You, you have not had your bath. It's 3 p.m. Then net. You are wearing net. Your hair is stinky. Praise the Lord. Listen. It, it's your ministry. Hey, God. God help us. This is the bigger venue we came to. We are using extra chairs now. I'm happy, but I'm worried. <laughs> we are paid for one year. Okay, no problem. Hell, Jesus. All right. So where was I? Listen, it's very, very important, okay? At the time Adam saw Eve, he was not falling. So what, what, what he felt wasn't lost. But there is such a thing as a holy admiration for physical beauty. It's okay for your husband to delight in you. For your wife to delight in you. And walk towards it on purpose. Don't just, don't just say he should accept me the way I am. For God's sake, try small. Do you tweak things a little. Do you understand? Be transparent. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. It's like you're not ready. Mm. Should I get the organist? I said, brothers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right, I, I, I have to. You see, and it's also important that your biblical theology on this matter is right and proper. Okay? It's very important that you get your theology right about it. For instance, one text that many have misunderstood is Matthew chapter 5 verse 27. Let's just show. It just came into my mind to show you that. Or show that to you. I'm going to go on because of time. It says, You have heard that it has been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. What's he talking about? Adultery, right? What's he talking about? Please, is there a difference between adultery and fornication? Bear that in mind. 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. The first thing you need to know is that in the New Testament, the word June, which actually means wife, was translated woman many places. All right? It was used interchangeably for wife and woman. Are you following me? So you have to look at the context well to know if he's just talking about a woman or actually he's talking about a wife. So what he's talking about here is a wife. That's why he called it adultery. You look at another woman's wife and you're checking her out. Like, nice, you know, that's wrong. Praise the Lord. I won't give you examples. But that's, that's the context here. But I mean, if... <laughs> as a single guy, not in a canal, excessively sinful way. Or as a single lady too. Check out the preferences well. Is the height okay? If it is elbow that freaks you out, check the elbow well. Maybe people are weird these days. Well, or the ankles. Or any other thing that comes to your mind. It's okay. Praise the Lord. A lot of people are praying. Oh, God, show me my spouse. Show me my spouse. I'm, I'm sure my wife is going to do justice to this. And she's talked about it in, in her book. God almost never, and I dare say never, chose a wife for anybody in the Bible. Never. And listen, he can lead you like he does in every aspect of your life. But he won't choose for you. You have to have preferences. He's going to lead you in the direction of your will. The direction of your preferences. You ought to know what you want. And go for it. Listen, the reason why I'm taking time to talk about this is because this has become a terrible weapon in the hands of the enemy. Destroying families. Praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says, for wives to render their husbands due benevolence. It's, it's, a, it's a ministry. You think I'm joking? Don't starve the man. Don't starve the woman. Do your best. So crucial. Praise the name of Jesus. Please, are you paying attention to what I'm saying? Very, very important. All right, let's move on. Still talking about um, ladies. You know, I know guys can be excessive about this. But it's something to really consider. You see, a lot of guys can be insensitive. Just tell, talk to the lady anyhow. You are not as slim as you were before. What do you mean by this? Your mates are going to the gym and all of that. You, you forget that she carried your baby. And because she carried your baby, she added weight. Pregnancy stomach is very easy. It's very difficult, I mean, to, to shed. Very difficult. And guys, you know, it's very easy to say. Very easy. If she tells you you to build your muscle now, while a day, a So you have to be considerate. But ladies, you know, 
my wife really inspired me because after our, um, our first baby, of course, she added weight. And I saw effort. She enrolled in a coaching school, all right, you know, and it was like an accountability platform. Every morning, you show what you are eating to make sure the calories aren't too plenty. They gave prescriptions what to eat and all of that, exercise routines. They were so detailed. After the exercise, you take yourself a picture, you send on the WhatsApp group and stuff like that. I'm sure she can share those details with you. If, if, so I, I want you to try. Make some effort. Listen. Uh, hallelujah. Whether you like it or not, you have preferences too. So excuse the guys who say, you know, I won't mind if you just small. Are you listening to me? And I, I, also, <laughs> I also want to talk about respect. Respect. Ladies, you know, you know, you know what's called the gift of utterance? You know, you, I, we know you have it in abundance. You know, and that's why even the spiritual gifts, Paul gave measures on how it should operate in the church. And if you read well, you will see that it was predominantly women that were abusing that spiritual gift also. <laughs> As it is with the spirit, so it is in the natural. So please try. Let me tell you one of the easy ways the devil prevails in families. So you have this guy. He's working hard, especially the successful ones. He's a superhero in his company. A lot of his staff look up to him, including the ladies. They see his working economic miracles every day. And so they respect him genuinely. Well done, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, they look up to him. He's a role model or road model, you know. <laughs> That's how we call it, you know. And he's, it now turns out that he's special to the whole world except to you, his wife. Because, you know, you know what it's called? It's called sea finish. And so you, you talk anyhow to him. Don't listen. Make sure the moment there is anybody that adores your husband more than you, There's trouble. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, you're going to see weaknesses that no one else sees. And guys, this is not an excuse for you. You have to keep working on yourself. Keep getting better. Keep improving. Keep working at it. But ladies, you really have to try. There must be a line that shouldn't be crossed. Someone said this. A rude lady loses her beauty before her husband. No matter how beautiful you are, if you are rude, he will get over you. Because men spell love this way. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I wanted to sing this song. I know the spelling, trust me. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's how men spell love. Men's love language is respect. No matter what you do, cook the best food in the world. If you talk to him anyhow, because he married a wife, not a mother. A lot of people, a lot of women treat their husbands like their son. Tell him when he should go out, when he should come back. We, 
You have to be careful. And learn to, listen, the concept of marriage is simply a concept of leadership. The fact that the man is the head of the home does not make you detailed. It doesn't make you inferior. It simply means you trust his leadership. And so when the man says, I, I think we should do it this way, and you disagree, the fact that you enter that marriage means and demands that when you don't agree, you will trust him. You will trust him. You will make trouble. You should have that understanding. Oh, you think it should be done this way? I'm persuaded it should be done this way. What do we do? You have to trust him. That's what leadership is about. And then when he makes a mistake, don't rub it on his face. I told you so. You will not listen. You will not listen. You see yourself now. Praise the Lord. In this day and age, please learn. And I'm going to talk about it next week. How that you learn submission in your single days, not in marriage. You don't start practicing submission when you get married. Are you submitted to your service group leader? Are you, what form of leadership are you, have you submitted yourself to before in your life? Have you ever had a leader, you know, that felt something should be done this way? You disagreed, but because he's the leader, he had his way. A lot of women don't know how to allow their leader have his way. And I'm not saying you should allow him to do bad all by himself. But when he disagrees, <laughs> sometimes you should actually just pray about it. Praise the Lord. Don't marry an unreasonable man. But the moment you marry a man, you have to trust his leadership. No other choice. Praise the Lord. And I'm just going to end with this. Men, there's something I want to talk about in the next few minutes. Beware of what I call <laughs> conqueror instincts. Beware of conqueror instincts. And le let, me, let me put it in plain terms. Has it ever happened to you that there was something you really wanted to own? You were looking forward to having a, maybe a phone, an iPad, or something, and then the day you bought it, on your way back, you were just like, why did I buy it? Has it happened to you? Raise your hand. Amazing. Because that's the way men are naturally. We might be hunting for, hunting for something. The moment we get it, we get over it. If you're not careful, you almost be depressed. Like, hi, this thing that I bought now. You forget all the, all the hype is gone the moment you have it. Praise the Lord. And if you are not careful, the same thing will happen to you in marriage. It's a canal tendency. You know, you need to read the story of Ammon and Tamar, when you get home. 2 Samuel 13. This guy was in love with his own sister. It, it, he was so much into that infatuation that it affected him physically. His friend came to him and said, why are you getting lean? Have, have you read it? His friend said, you are getting lean. His friend saw him getting lean. Some of you have been so, so much in love with a lady, you can't think, you can't concentrate in school. 
You close your eye to pray and you see her face. I, I won't ask you to raise your hand if it has happened to you before. Have you closed your eye to speak in tongues like this woman you see? Praise the Lord. He told his friend, I, I, I really like Tamar. And his friend, being such an evil person, told him what to do. And so long and short, he raped that lady. And the moment he raped her, the Bible says he hated her. He hated her. I heard of a guy who had been haunting this lady for such a long time. And then the moment he got her to his hostel in the university, was done with her, he told her, he said, get up, take your stuff and get out. It's the devil. It's the devil. And it's also a natural tendency that the devil can exaggerate and make you go extreme. That's how men are. We, we just, okay, what's the next thing in life? Men have that drive. Okay, I'm going to get a master's degree. I'm going to get my first car at this age. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you, you, so if you're not careful, if marriage is a subconscious achievement for you, the moment you enter, you are finished. You are finished when you just started. Are you getting what I'm saying? What I'm talking about is so important. So important. So you, you really have to work on it. And that's why... As important as all the other things I talked about, the natural stuff I talked about, you have to start practicing the love of Christ. You won't always feel butterflies. Are you listening to me? If you, if you are not a nice person to live with, haven't you noticed when guys are pursuing, <laughs> pursuing ladies, you don't, hi, my God. You know, when my wife and I were dating, I would escort her to a house. She would escort me to the bob stop. I will now escort her back. She now escort. You know when we got married. <laughs> you know, I, I, she, she, she couldn't drive at the time. My office was right at home. Uh, can you drop me at the bus stop? I said, Why? Enter back now. <laughs> Forgive me. I've changed. Well, I'm changing. So <laughs> I can't lie to you. You know. So. If you're not careful, that drive, that ginger, you know. I will cross the ocean for you. you know? I will catch a grenade for you. It's conqueror instinct. You just want her to agree. And the moment she does, you change. Praise the Lord. You have to try, you know. I, I'm no saint. I'm flawed in a lot of ways, you know, but yesterday, I just went out, bought my wife a rose for no reason. It's not Valentine's, it's not birthday, it's not... I entered the shop, I said, I want a card. They said, is it anniversary, wedding anniversary? I said, birthday, I said, nothing. Just thinking about you. Praise the Lord. I tried, I hope you feel the same way when you hear us arguing. So I'm not saying, all right, but put a structure, even if you want to say, okay, at these particular times of the month, we're going to spend time together, we're going to go out, we're going to, you have to put structure. Men, especially when you start pursuing money, you will forget her. Are you listening to me? So you put structure, 
and you'll be very intelligent about this. So to go through all that I've said, I want you to pay attention to the natural aspects of relationship. Pay attention to being a provider, being a protector, all right? Pay attention to sex in marriage, not in relationship. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Pay attention to, to sex in marriage. Pay attention to still looking good for that. Don't, because you have been dating two years, you don't be polluting. <laughs> and you'll be, you be positioning yourself. <laughs> Listen. Have you heard of people who discovered their husbands were cheating only to see the lady and they're more beautiful than the lady? Because there is a di- difference between beauty and packaging. You know, you know, I learned this in school. I wrote a book. And we spent a lot to print that book. We wanted quality and everything. So I, I, we were doing market analysis. We, we asked people, how much can you buy this book? They said, 500, 300. And the cost of production was about 700. So we said, what do we do? And I said, okay, well, this book is not in the nylon, in the polythene. How much is it to get polythene? They said 10,000 naira for 1,000 polythene. So we bought, and that's how much per each, 10 naira. So we bought 10 naira polythene, we put it on the book, and we raised its market analysis. How much can you buy this book? 1,000, 1, 2. 10 naira increase the value of the book by 500 in people's eyes. Hallelujah. Ladies, don't carry your mother's pants into your husband's house. Okay, sorry, am I? Is this student's church? Okay. Don't, don't me. With different holes and different maps. Hallelujah. Some are laughing. As they are laughing, they are picturing it. <laughs> Don't worry. Anyways, hallelujah. Say, I'm a doer of the word. <laughs> hallelujah. Say, this year, I'm going to function with divine wisdom. Hallelujah. Every married woman, say this with me. Say, no woman will take my place. Every man, married man, say this. Say, no man will take my place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to pray for your families now. You're going to pray for your relationships too. Because I know a lot of us are dating. And you're just going to pray for the wisdom of God. Some of you, as you pray, the Lord will tell you to break that relationship. Hallelujah. If you're a single lady here, you are dating a married man. It's time to stop. That's, that's the part of the prophecy of order. You let go of terrible habits, terrible lifestyles. Glory to God. If, you, if you, you're a married couple and you're always fighting with your spouse, you're going to pray. God is going to give you wisdom. Say loud, amen. amen. All right, rise to your feet now. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 
7,000. Blessings. Blessings.